Hey everybody, it's Kyle. Alright, uh, a new episode, a new week. Um, I do want to say a couple things about last week's episode. You know, first off, I appreciate how well it was received. Uh, it was really pretty awesome to have you guys listen up. I'm going to crack a beer open too while I'm doing this. Uh it was really cool to have you guys uh, join in the conversation. I appreciate the comments and uh, something kind of cool. Something kind of cool that happened out of that deal is I had an old friend call uh, after he had listened to the to the episode, and he basically he called me to um, express to me that he had been going through some similar situations. He wanted to make sure I was doing all right um, after hearing the episode. And he also wanted to thank me for, you know, talking about this and bringing this up because, you know, he agreed that people don't talk about it. And uh, that just makes it worse, really. And as a man, um, it, it I can tell you that there is pressure, you know, to be manly and all that stuff. And, you know, Men are going to be manly in some ways, no matter what. We're, we're pretty gross, number one. But, but uh, you know, it, it, it's interesting that that people, that guys don't feel the ability to be honest and genuine. You know, the whole uh, real men don't cry and stuff like that. It's a bunch of bullshit. So it was good to hear from that friend of mine and uh, know that the word got out there and... Uh, that friend actually asked me if I would mind um, if, um, you know, he he felt like he was having an issue again or something like that. His is more anxiety deal. Um, he was wondering if it was okay to give me a call and just talk through it with me. And he said, you know, he would offer the same to me. So it was kind of a little pact we made, you know, that if we're going through some shit like that, um, that we feel comfortable to reach out to each other and discuss it. I thought that was cool as hell, man. And I would urge you guys, or women, or whoever, it doesn't matter. Uh, if you have something like that going on, reach out to a friend and ask them if it's okay if you can uh, contact them when, when it gets particularly bad, if that's all right, if they'd be willing to discuss that with you. Because, man, that's pretty invaluable. And I can tell you that, uh, obviously, we haven't had that conversation yet, but we will. And that's great. It's good to know that you got someone you can talk to about it. Uh, I've got a therapist, and, and that's great also. But, you know, knowing that you have someone that you've known for a while that you can really discuss it with is, is a good thing, you know. So, um, all right. Uh, let's see. Things that are bugging me. That's a tough one, guys. I'm not going to lie. I think I say that every week. It really is a tough one this time, though. <laughs> it's... It's pretty amazing. I'm not going to go off on uh, any political things again. Um, you know, I, I guess I would say, uh, you know, I'll admit something straight out, straight, straight up and straightforward. I, I have in my life 
as a white Midwestern guy, believe it or not, I have said things that are racist, and I have had um, sentiments that are negative towards other races, not all, but I have said things, and, and uh, I've spent a lot of my life trying to make up for that because, you know, it's wrong. You can't ever judge anybody by a skin tone. First of all, it's not a race. We're all part of the same race, the human race. Um, it's more like um, melanin levels, right? Because that's what makes our skin the different colors that, are, that they are, you know. Um, and that's interesting, too, that we use terms like black uh, for people that are really dark brown um, and white um, for people like me that are kind of pink, <laughs> pinkish, you know, whatever. I don't know what color I am. Uh, but I'm Caucasian. Um, but it's interesting that we use those phrases or those, I'm sorry, that terminology. And I think that right there, if you want to get down to the base of it, that terminology right there, calling someone black, who's obviously not the physical or the, the idea of the color black that we all know, right? Um, and calling people white um, when they're not really white, or even um, Asian folks or, or uh, uh, some other people calling them yellow, or I've heard, uh, what is the other one, olive skin. Um, boy, we're really fascinated with colors and trying to find colors that can uh, describe people. So whoever came up with these ways of talking and these ways of thinking, and I, I use, I say black and white, you know, just because when you're communicating with people, you, you may use those terms. But if somebody said, hey, man, don't call me black, I'd be like, Hey, no problem. I apologize, you know. Um, but just knowing that, just knowing that black people aren't really black, right? And white people aren't really white, right? So right there, that should tell you that whoever came up with that idea of discussing people and bringing up people's ethnicity in that manner, that's stupid, man. I mean, that's just plain stupid. Um, we are in a heightened state right now of <clears throat> racism, and I'm not really sure why. Uh, I mean, I am kind of sure why, but you can't blame everything on Donald Trump, right? Um, people have felt this way. People feel this way, and it's been going on for a while, and it's it's a bummer. Um, yeah, it's kind of like the whole thing that I talked about, you know, last week with, with mental illness. It's like if we all kind of discuss things, I think we'd understand each other a little bit better. I wish we could discuss those things a little bit better. It might be a good thing, right? So anyway, that's what's bugging me, man. I've seen some pretty horrible, hateful things lately, and it's really sad. I mean, I listened to, uh, oh, it was the guy, Richard Spencer, I think is his name. Uh, he Anyway, he's a white supremacist. And uh, I heard some audio tape or something of him um, spouting off a bunch of hatred. And that was ridiculous. But I think what's getting to me more, what's bugging me more, are, you know, just everyday people that you may see anywhere that feel free to call people names um, and and spew hate speech. Hey, geez, dude, what's going on? Why do you think that that's allowable and okay. I mean, even in my day when I said things that were politically incorrect and were just plain wrong, um, and I wasn't running around like this, guys. I wasn't part of any club or something that hated anybody, really. I was just being a little asshole. Um, 
you know, e even the, to think that that's okay, but even when I had said things like that and, and talked that way, I would say this. I was kind of, uh, I kept a little couth about it, you know? Uh, I wouldn't just freely spew that stuff, but boy, people sure feel that right. Now, I think that might have something to do with our current administration and, and his ability to just spew whatever he wants whenever and blatantly wrong uh, a lot of the time, you know, so that may have something to do with it, but uh, I'm not really entirely sure, but it's, it's a bizarre time and it's, it's a real bummer. Um, so, you know, if you know anybody that's being that way or whatever, I tell them this story. When I was young, and I grew up in my hometown in Kansas, um, there was a guy who was older than me. I was probably early teens, uh, 13, 14, maybe not to 15, but probably 13 and 14. And I'd walk home from school, and I'd stop. My grandfather had a dentist office downtown, and I'd go there, and we'd go to the corner pharmacy that was right across the street from it, kind of cat corner and my friends would go with me. And there was a guy that, that hung out around down there. And I come to find out later, his father was a dentist as well um, in town. But anyway, um, he, he definitely had uh, mental retardation. He, he definitely had some, some um, learning disabilities. And, and it was uh, very apparent. Like if you talk to him or you just listen to him talk, it was obvious. And uh, being the little prick that I was being at that time, I took it upon myself to call him names. I remember specifically, I called him Cooter. Uh, I thought that was real funny. My friends thought it was real funny. And he, he did not care for it. And he would definitely respond to me uh, in a way that was, you know, he didn't care for the way I was talking to him, which rightfully so, man. Um, but I used to say, hey, Cooter, you know, and we'd all giggle and laugh like little shits. And... Uh, yeah, man, I, I'm so sorry. You know, I can't tell you. I mean, that's multiple decades ago, and I still feel horribly about it. And, um, you know, when I was a stay-at-home parent with my kids and they were growing up and everything, I used to help out with a local organization here uh, in Kansas City called First Downs for Down Syndrome. Um, there was a Kansas City chief, uh, I think it's Tim Grunhard, as a child or maybe children that have down syndrome and um anyway it was an organization that really helped out and i i really wanted to try and be a part of helping with that and so i would help shoot videos for them and edit videos and stuff at a very very reduced cost basically just whatever um it cost me to make it really um and uh, i would really make it a point to make pieces that were um, touching and eye-opening about people with Down syndrome. I, I interviewed children with Down syndrome and discussed things, dreams and stuff that they have. And I'll tell you, man, I remember my, I think it was my grandma asked me one time, I was showing a video that I put together for, for the organization. My grandmother asked me, I don't know, maybe it wasn't, maybe it was my mother-in-law, but it was around Thanksgiving or something and we were watching it. And afterwards, I think it was my mother-in-law, and she asked me, why is it that I'm passionate about um, helping with that organization and, and doing these videos and stuff for them? And I came right out and said it. I think it kind of floored my grandma because 
Um, she and my grandfather were friends with this guy's parents, um, who because they're dentists in the same town. And uh, I think my mom knew about it, but my grandmother definitely did not. And so I just came out and I said, I'll tell you why. Um, number one, uh, I get the opportunity to spread a message that's positive and that is eye-opening for people who aren't familiar with people with Down syndrome. And number two, I feel an immense amount of guilt and I want to try and help in the way that I know how to help and do what I know how to do in order to help folks that um, are suffering from this or who are living this. It's not really suffering. I, it is, but it's not. But I mean, what I mean is, you know, families that are going through this and, and the help that they need from that organization to support their child and, and eventually this person's life when they hopefully grow in, in to normal adulthood, you know. Um, but I remember saying that and I remember looking at my grandma and she she looked a little hurt at first because she found out what I had done. And boy, I'll tell you, man, I felt even a little bit worse, <laughs> you know, at that exact moment. Um, but the more I discussed it and explained it, I, th I think she felt, you know, proud of me for being able to say it and, and just admitting that, yeah, I was a little dick, you know, <laughs> and I said these things and I'm sorry and I'm trying to do what I can to you can't make up for it and you can't do stuff like that. And maybe I was partially doing it for myself. I don't know, but I can tell you that I felt like I was doing something for somebody and for the right reasons, even though what I originally had done to put me in that position were the wrong reasons and the wrong way to behave. So what I'm getting at is if you know someone who's spewing hate speech that you're close to a family member or a friend or something like that, and they're saying horrible things about people because they're gay or they're a different ethnicity or because they're, they have, you know, issues um, or they have a mental disability. Um, man, you know, tell them that story I just said. Tell them about that, about how multiple decades ago this guy used to make fun of this guy. Uh, and he's been trying to make up for it ever since because he knows it's the right thing to do, is to try and be a good person and to teach his kids to be good people because that's what I was after and that's what I was doing. Anyway, that's what's bugging me. What's bugging me is just people treating people shitty because I I just see so many people that are going to have to really uh, try and step up and do the right thing eventually. And unfortunately, I know, just like you do, that there's a lot of those people aren't going to. Um, so that's a bummer. That's pretty sad. Um, that's bugging me. Anyway, let me go to the break. I know that's kind of another bummer, guys. I'm sorry. But when we come back, you're going to hear me all excited about some other stuff. And I'm sure you kind of can guess what that is. But I do have a little bit of news of some things that are going on that are kind of interesting. So we'll go ahead and throw it to the commercial real quick. Uh, and we'll be back after that with uh, things that I'm into. Okay, take it away, Kyle. Okay, and we're back. All right, well... Uh, what you heard me playing there at the very beginning of the episode, uh, I guess I didn't mention that, I apologize. Um, that is actually a Cameo album. I'm a big Cameo fan. If you don't know me, you probably don't know that. Um, but my friends who do know me, including my good buddy Ori, who's called in a few times, uh, he knows that I am a very big Cameo fan. And that particular album is called Machismo. 
It's from 1988. It's, uh, I guess that's probably about three years after Word Up, um, which is their most known album and song, Word Up. Word Up. Anyway, Machismo had a lot of the same types of sounds and the same types of music in it, but uh, I had gotten that cassette at the time in, in the 80s, and, and I adored it, man. I love every song on that record. And so um, when I got into this vinyl craze and everything, um, started looking for some of these old records. Uh, that's one of them that I would really love to have. And boy, does it sound great. Um, that song there was the beginning of Pretty Girls, which is kind of a takeoff of, because uh, uh, is it Candy? No, Candy Goes to Honey. I don't remember. But it sounds like some of their songs off Word Up. And the funny thing is, I got a couple other cameo albums before this one that are actually in, in you know, chronologically, they come before Word Up. And some of the same sounds and stuff are in those. I mean, those albums tend to be a little more disco-ish uh, than, than their stuff later, but some of the same owl and some of the same noises and uh, stuff are in those old albums too. So that's really cool, man. Uh, I'm just really down with Cameo, and I think I'm starting to love them more and more. And, you know, that's not the only band that's like that. Um, another group that's really like that is ZZ Top for me. You know, I mean, for me, ZZ Top, what I knew about him was Eliminator, which was the big album when I was a kid with Legs and um, Sharp Dressed Man. And, you know, they're good songs and stuff, but they're more poppy type stuff. And I mean, I knew they were good. I just never really cared for them all that much. But I knew that they also had a lot of cool old songs like, you know, Jesus Left Chicago or uh, Waiting for a Bus or... Um, under Pressure, I think, is a big song. Um, uh, oh, man, I can't think of all of them. Anyway, I was into them. Uh, you know, so I picked up, Tra or not really into them, but I kind of wanted to get into them. So I found Trace Ombres, um, which is an incredible record, by the way. Uh, it's got some of those songs that I'm talking about there. And, man, it's some good rock and roll, kind of country-type rock, but it is solid as a rock and I would highly recommend if you've never listened to that. So since then I've also picked up Tejas, which is another record of theirs from around that era. And then I have Deguayo on the way. I had to get that one from uh, Great Britain because I couldn't find any current pressings here or uh, good condition ones here in the United States. So uh, it's on en route from Great Britain, which is funny. Cameo Machismo that I was playing actually came from all the way from Germany. Um, and you can get those on Amazon, folks. You don't have to go to eBay and all that garbage. You can actually get those on Amazon, and uh, they, they'll send them right over to you. So check that out if you get a chance. Um, let's see. Picked up a, a few other albums. Uh, you know, got Paul's Boutique, BC Boys. That's a big one. Um, and then David Bowie, Ziggy Stardust, and the Spiders from Mars. Incredible record also, man. Moon Age Daydream. Holy shit, man. What a song. Um, Suffragette City and then Ziggy Stardust, Starman. I mean, those are all incredible tunes that are on that record. And it's a blast to, to listen to that and kind of crank it a little bit. But that's not the big news with vinyl, guys. <laughs> the big news with vinyl is I did buy another turntable last weekend. <laughs> uh, my wife and I decided that 
it would be cool to have a turntable around the living area upstairs near our kitchen and stuff because we like to listen to music when we're cooking and stuff. And uh, so I found, uh, through Facebook Marketplace, I found a, a Crosley, which I'm not usually a real big fan of Crosley uh, record players. I mean, the old ones are great, but these newer ones from the 21st century tend to not be all that great. Um, those are mostly the ones you'll see that are Crosley or like those little suitcase ones you'll see in Target or Walmart or wherever. They don't sound very good, people. I, I wouldn't recommend them. And so I saw this was a Crosley, but I also saw that it was an all-wood cabinet and a metal grill speaker in the front. Um, and I knew about these. These were the last series of stacker turntables made. Um, what that is, a stacker, for my less turntable knowledgeable friends out there, is a turntable where it has a longer spindle coming up from the middle of the turntable, and you can actually stack, uh, I believe on this one they, they say you can stack up to six records on it, and then hit the automatic button after you slide the arm over the top, it'll drop the first record, the needle will come over on its own, play that whole record side anyway, and then the uh, needle will go back over to the side, the spindle will drop the next album, and so on and so on. It's amazing, man. And, uh, you know, actually my Garard 2025 TC is a stacker also. Of course, it's also like 50 years old, so that's not a big surprise. But this particular Crosley, it's a CR85, I believe, and uh, it's just, it's really pretty. I mean, it's a nice-looking piece of furniture. Um, there's no outputs or anything on it. It's all self-contained. But the speaker sounds amazing. It sounds really good. This one that I have is from 2005. And so it's such an appealing-looking piece of furniture that um, we actually went and bought a piece of furniture, a stand for it, uh, yesterday. And it's there in our kitchen uh, on this stand. And uh, the the piece of furniture, the stand that we bought to, to put it on actually has a door underneath. And I bought a like a dish dryer stand you know to hold plates and i just have some records in there lined up um, to play it does have a little bit of an issue playing the new 180 gram vinyl pieces that are coming out the new reissues the heavyweights um, but you can play those individually you just can't use a stacking function for those so no big deal uh, i got a miles davis kind of blue that record and that's a 180 gram reissue and uh yeah i had to just play it on its own but it sounds beautiful so um but last night we stacked six records on there and played them through, and man, it was it was just cool, man. Uh, just a variety of music. Had a little bit of country, had a little big band, had some ZZ Top, of course. <laughs> had some Cameo, Cameosis was playing on there. Um, but it was just kind of fun to cook and have that going in the background. Just really a cool environment. So, um, and then another thing, uh, I have been asked by a company called One by One um, to. Uh, test and review uh, their kind of flagship turntable system. It's actually a bookshelf system. comes with a very nice turntable, uh, probably a couple hundred hour turntable, and with a nice Audio-Technica um, uh, cartridge and, and needle in it. And uh, comes with a pair of bookshelf speakers too. So it's all one unit, but you can actually take the turntable and hook it up to your component system like I have. And that's probably what I'll end up doing. But uh, I don't know. I may use those speakers. I'm, they sound really nice from what I've heard. So 
So that's pretty cool. They've asked me to test that out. So that's coming. That should be here this Wednesday. And I will uh, do an unboxing video like I usually do for these things and write a, write a uh, review and everything. And uh, yeah, pretty awesome, man. I'm really excited. They, they reached out to me last week and asked me about it. And I, it didn't seem like it was going to happen, actually. But they uh, contacted me again today. And it's on its way. So that's pretty awesome. Uh, there's another company I'm going to be doing some testing for, too. Um, not the same kind of thing, but it's more of a, uh, I, they got me testing like some, uh, uh, remote control, like helicopters and, and drones and stuff. So that'll be kind of fun. You know, another, another organization that I can help with and, and do that. And I, you know, I'm not ever expecting to get paid really for that stuff. I mean, they do give me things, but, but it's more for a hobby. It's something to do. You know, and I like doing the unboxing videos and stuff. Keeps me fresh with editing, even though they're not complex edits. They're pretty simple, one-shot type of things. But it's just something to do. And it appeals to them. that gets the word out about their products. And I get to test products and get some free things. So um, that's how I gave away some of the other stuff. And, and I'll do more of that. The more stuff I get in, I mean, you know, we'll see. We'll see. Um, but yeah, that's kind of neat, man. I'm really excited about that turntable. So, uh, let's see. What else is going on? Uh, or what else am I interested in? Yeah, I mean, we're still watching Kimmy Schmidt. Love that show. Just cannot say enough good things about that show. Absolutely adore it. The wife and I love it. Uh, we are looking forward to that last season of Grace and Frankie coming up, too. We love that one. We haven't even started the third season of Glow, but we need to. Pretty damn good show as well. Um, and then we also are watching that Altered Carbon. Really like that too, man. If you're looking for like a kind of a murder mystery type thing, but it's set in a sci-fi type of world, um, it's cool, man. Give it a shot if you haven't seen it. I highly recommend it. Uh, it's definitely for adults, not kids. Uh, there's some pretty graphic violence and some graphic sex as well, uh, but it's, it's well made. It's a good story. Um Man, that's, I mean, other than that, I can't think of a lot. I did see Jeff Lemire. There, God, there was a new uh, book that he had written. I follow him on Instagram, and uh, that dude is just forever creating, creating amazing stuff. But he had a new, let me see if I can find it real quick. He had a new thing that he was writing. Uh, I don't know what it is. <clears throat> Let me see if I can find his deal real quick. And, uh, man, I mean, he just... Uh, Sentient, that's it. Uh, it's a, by TKO Press, it's coming. It's called Sentient. Uh, it's by himself and by Gabriel Walta. And it looks really cool. I'm, I'm interested in that uh, for sure. And then he also has a new book that's coming out this week, this Wednesday, called Family Tree. The first issue's coming out, so... Looking forward to that uh, series as well. I just really like his stuff, man. I mean, there's zero question that his uh, Black Hammer series is definitely the ultimate dark uh, superhero series. I know everybody knows Watchmen. I like Watchmen, too. I haven't watched this HBO one yet, but I love Watchmen. I love that movie and, and everything about it, but and the original you know books that are written on I never actually had the individual comics. I always had the trade paperback, but... And I love that. I love that story. I love that idea. Um, but, man, Black Hammer just really does it well. And that Black Hammer Justice League series, I know I've talked about it before. <laughs> Sorry, I keep going on about it. But it is so good. 
everybody. So good. Listen to it if you get a chance. Um, but yeah, I mean, I can't, there's not much else to talk about, guys. Again, you know, I just appreciate that you guys were cool about what I had to say about uh, depression and about what I was kind of going through there and how we need to step up and, and lend a hand and, and lend an ear to uh, our friends out there that are going through stuff like that or be sure and speak up if you're going through it to some friends you know let them know let them know what's going on um but yeah i I think that's cool i think it's cool i like the way it was received and i appreciate it i appreciate all you guys listening and uh, keep it up you keep it up i'm gonna keep it up we're gonna get some uh, more guest action on here pretty soon uh like i said mikey's back and we'll probably do something in uh might be early December before we record, but we're going to give it a shot and see if we can get together and, and do an episode. He's got those records, and we'll get those suckers playing and see what we could do. I should have my record cleaning, my vinyl cleaning system by then. I've got a wet cleaning system coming that uh, really does some great things to records. Uh, makes them very sound like they're brand new, basically. But that's it, guys. Not much else going on. Just the normal. Just the same addiction that I have for vinyl and I've had for a while now. Don't see it going away anytime soon until I have walls full of records. <laughs> I'm not trying to scare my wife by saying that. She doesn't listen to this, but it's true. If I could live in a, a house made of records that I could just pull out and listen to whenever I wanted, that would be pretty great. All right. Okay. Well, that's it, guys. Um, Take it easy. I will catch you on the flip side. But until then, get off my lawn.